Hello, welcome to the Am I a Bad Mom podcast. I'm your host, Christy Ritz-King, trauma therapist, maternal mental health specialist, and mom of three. I have met so many incredible women through the various careers I've had over the years, and no matter where they are along their motherhood journey, they are powerful, they are brave, they are successful in their lives, and none of that matters because they all ask the same question at least once, and that is, am I a bad mom because fill in the blank. There are any number of ways to fill in that blank, and our mission with this podcast is to provide you all of the reasons why the answer to that question is unequivocally no, every single time, no matter what. The answer is no, you are not a bad mom. And we're here today to show you exactly why. So welcome. We can't wait to help you feel better about the parent and the person that you are. Let's go. Hello. Thank you for listening. So I was kind of inspired to do this episode after I saw an Instagram post that said, before you make your New Year's resolution, don't. And I thought that was really hilarious. I think I actually shared it on my story. I can't remember who posted it originally, but I know when I shared it, there was credit given. And I just thought, isn't that a like a refreshing way of thinking about it? We tend at this time of year to start to think about what do we want to do different and how do we want to do it differently and what's next and what's the growth and what's the word of the year or what's the resolution or how am I going to lose 30 pounds or how am I going to gain a million dollars or how am I going to, you know, whatever it is. There's this like, frenzy almost of trying to get your life in order and trying to set goals and trying to look forward to the year, which I understand the reason, I guess. I don't really know if it's the reason, but I understand the drive to do that. You're finishing one thing and starting another. I still function like a teacher, so I tend to treat September as a new year in a way, but I get why people do it this way instead. In business, you do a lot of things that are like, okay, what are our projections for next year? Like, I get it. It makes sense. Logically. But emotionally, it doesn't always make sense. And especially in the last two years, it doesn't make sense because it feels very tenuous. The whole idea of what's next feels very tenuous right now because things keep changing minute to minute. I mean, I just finished a day with two kids at home for remote school. And my husband came in at one point and goes, it feels like April 2020. And I was like, or yeah, April 2021. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if I like it or not. Because if you recall, from an earlier episode, I didn't hate having them all home. I actually kind of enjoyed having us all hunkered in. However, by April, I was pretty over it. And no matter what I felt about today, good or bad, I was not planning for it and I did not expect it. (laughs) So that I know for sure that January of 2022 started off in a way that none of us had planned for. So the point of all of this is to say it's hard (laughs) to plan for the future when the last recent past has been so up and down and up and down and unpredictable. And so if you're feeling anything like me when it was time to sort of plan the future or plan your resolutions or decide what you wanted the next year to be like, I was exhausted by the prospect and didn't even want to think about it, quite frankly. And so I didn't. I was like, you know what? There are some things I want to accomplish in work mostly in some home and some, you know, as a mom, but I'm going to try things differently this year. And rather than make these as resolutions that will begin January 1st or whatever, I'm going to kind of slowly step into January because with what has happened with me in the past is if I try to make a New Year's resolution, especially for business or even like a home project, it ends up, the weight of it ends up in December. 
So it's like you're having to do a lot of prep stuff in order to be able to like jump off on January 1st to do these things. So for instance, I'm trying to start a group for moms. I had a Facebook group for a while that was pretty active. And then just because Facebook is what Facebook is, the algorithm got kind of messed up and people weren't seeing my stuff. And I felt like I was shouting into the wind and it just wasn't the right place for it anymore. But I really loved running it. And I know that people who were in it really liked the content that was in it and the conversations that happened when they were in it. So I really felt all of last year this like hole that I wanted to fill. And so I opened a Mighty Network site and I'm going to try to replicate what we had there, the weekly meditations, the conversation, the polling, the questions, the funny things I used to post up there just to like lighten the mood a little. I'm going to try to replicate that on Mighty Networks. And my plan was January 1, we'll hit the ground running. Well, in order to get it started, you have to create the content and invite people and continue to tell people about it and all the sort of marketing that happens and like get people over from the Facebook group and all these things. It's a lot of work. And it was a lot of work that was going to end up having to happen in December if I wanted a January one start. And I realized that's not good for anyone because then I'm going to be rushing through it when I don't have time. And I'm trying to do this to be a place from a place of service for other people. And if I'm just like throwing crap out there so that it's up there, that's not serving anybody. So instead, what I decided was I will start the content process in January and I'll start inviting people and we'll start drumming things up. And I just kind of bumped everything back by a year so that like the work started January 1, but not the sort of big grand opening splash that originally was going to happen. And that brings me to sort of the topic of this full podcast, which isn't necessarily resolutions because everybody's talking about that. You don't need to hear it from me. But I do have a little bit of a different twist because I think maybe don't make them this year. Cut yourself some slack and, and do this thing I'm about to say instead. And this could take a week, a day, a month, six months, whatever. It's up to you. But I have found that it's something that I am kind of drawn back to at this time in my life. So millions of years ago, when I had little tiny kids and we would get close to the season of Santa, we would have a couple days where we would clear out old things. They would look through their toys. They would look even through their clothes or their coats. Like they were part of this with me pretty early on. I always say two, but that's always the last one that was probably two. The oldest one was probably eight or six when I started this, probably six. And so six, four, two was when we all started doing this because once the oldest did something, I made the other two do it no matter what their age was. So they helped me help them to make room for new things. That was kind of how I positioned it with them. Like, look, you're so lucky that you get all of this stuff from Santa and aunts and uncles and grandparents and everything else every year. Let's look through what we don't use anymore, because if there's no room for the new stuff, then we can't have new stuff. And probably if you want new stuff, that means you've sort of outgrown or you've played enough with other things. So it was more of this like because I know what some of you were thinking. You're like, oh, my gosh, trying to get my kid to go through their toy cabinet is a nightmare because suddenly they're reinterested in things again. And that definitely happened. A hundred percent that happened. And what I would do with them was they could keep one thing. So, you know, if they fall in love with 10 toys, they couldn't keep all 10 toys. Or I would say, great, that's great. I'm going to put these in wrapping paper and give them to you again for Christmas. Because if you're that excited about them, then Santa doesn't need to bring anything new. And that was a pretty quick way to move us along. <laughs> but they could keep one thing if there was sort of one thing they rediscovered or they thought they had lost and they found or whatever. But to be honest, we didn't have a ton of that problem because I did this like before birthdays and I did this a lot. So they didn't have a ton of clutter anyway, but that didn't mean there wasn't something that they rediscovered that they suddenly thought they had to keep or else, you know, they couldn't handle it. 
anyway, back to the whole purpose of this. I mean, when we did this, the whole idea was you're about to welcome new things into your life. You don't have any room for it if you don't clear some old stuff out. I have taken that clearing out ritual that I used to do with my kids and their toys into modern day my life and home and mind. So that's what I'm suggesting for everybody this year because of the last two years and the way that things have gone. And we've just had so much that has been piled on top and on top and on top and on top, both physically and emotionally. I don't know about you guys, but physically for us, we seem to have accumulated a whole lot of junk around this house. Over the last two years, I don't know if it was that coping mechanism or the ease of delivery grocery or Amazon delivery. Suddenly we have things that I was like, why did I even think I needed this? Or, you know, we had coats that my kids barely used in a season that then they outgrew by the time it was time to go back outside. And I mean, they weren't going to school every single day or like backpacks, things like that, that we bought that they didn't really use much. Anyway, the point is my house and my mind over the last two years have become quite cluttered. And that tends to be the way it goes with me. I have these really like sometimes years long periods where I'm just on top of everything and there's a place for everything and everything has its place. And I'm really good about weekly rituals of putting things away and making sure things get where they need to go. And in those times, I'm usually also super productive and feel really good emotionally. When those come crashing to a halt, unfortunately, I wish I was one of those people that that was just a natural part of who I am, but it isn't. It's a practice and a thing that I have to really do, concentrate and focus on doing. So when I fall off that wagon, when I fall off the organizational wagon, I tend to let things clutter, build up both physically and ultimately in my brain. So right now, for instance, if you were to walk into the front door house, you would be buried likely under a pile of mail that is bigger than it should be. And largely that's because I have found over the years that when I get into the space, it's not because I'm hoarding things in, in an attempt to keep the memories or keep the whatever. It's really just because I've kind of checked out of that ritual, like I've let go of that ritual for whatever reason. So again, these are not things that come naturally to me. So I need to be the person who purposefully focuses on the rituals of organization. And when I get overwhelmed by the rest of my life, those are the first things to go. So my mail, we have this basket and I know my strengths. So like we have a basket for the mail. We have big baskets for like equipment, sports equipment and like kids boots and things like that in my foyers so that I could keep it in some semblance of neat. So we didn't just have like boots all over the floor. <laughs> they had a place where they went and I taught the kids over the years, like this is where you take off your boots and you put them in this thing because I needed all the help I can get. So I've taught them from a very early age how to help me. And the mail, for some reason, I seem to be the only one that brings the mail in. That's a podcast for all other day. But unless it's a birthday season and somebody's waiting for birthday cards in the mail, I'm typically the one who brings it in. So when I'm functioning well, I get the mail and I take the one thing out of it that we still get a paper bill for and I throw the rest away. For some reason, when I'm not functioning well, I get the mail, I stick the whole pile in the basket. And then once a month when I go to pay bills, I dig through that pile just in case there's something that I might need. I don't know why that happens other than literally I just check out of things. And so right now my foyer is full of mail. It's full of like winter clothes that no longer fit anybody because I didn't do the like winter to summer turnover. It's full of summer beach bags because I didn't do the summer to winter turnover. It just kept piling and piling and piling things. And we haven't had company in two years. So I haven't had an excuse to sort of go and dig through the whole thing. Anyway, that is part of what I'm doing as a New Year's resolution, if you will, is this process of clearing out 
in order to make room for new and good things. Now, obviously, I don't want more male or more kids outgrown snow boots. But what I do want is twofold. One, I really want visitors again. I really want to have people over my house again. And right now I'm embarrassed to open the front door because there's so much junk inside of it. But also what I really want is the clarity of mind that comes when my physical space is cleaned out. And so I have some spaces I need to get to. In my mind, there are two things you need to focus on in this new year when you're doing the cleaning out ritual to make room for new, and that's physical and emotional. And for me, they're really intertwined. If my physical space is a mess, it's usually because my mental space is a mess. And it's hard for me to get my mental space in order if my physical space isn't in order. So they're really directly linked for me. And I think for most people that this is the truth. It's kind of a chicken and the egg thing, which does the mess come first or does the chaos in your brain come first? And can you get one without the other? For me, I cannot. I cannot have mental clarity without physical clarity. So I got to start with the foyer and then I have piles of books of and this will get into like, what does it take when you're cleaning out a physical space? What does it take? We've all probably Marie Kondoed some things here or there with does it bring me joy? All of those kind of things. But also taking a minute to kind of examine why it's there in my office space. I know the mail is there in my foyer because I just haven't been engaged with the sort of coming in and out of my house recently. And I need to be. And so I need to check back in to the comings and goings from my house and get back on top of what goes where and where things belong. But also I have to spend some time with why is it gathering anyway? And in my office, I have a pile of magazines. I used to get mindful. I get psychology today. I get, there's a third one. Oh, there, my, now the company that I run electronic health records with now has a magazine. Thanks a lot. I didn't need that stress, but they send me their magazine and they're all mostly professional mindful. I actually enjoy. But the other ones are really they're professional magazines. And so there's this like tremendous sense of guilt if I'm not on top of them. Like if I haven't stayed with the articles and read everything cover to cover. I, I think I also have a little bit of scarcity mentality from being a kid who couldn't afford magazines. If you get a magazine, you better read that thing front to back because that is a luxury item. If you've ever lived in a home where a magazine was a luxury item, you know, like you better read that thing. But also have time. <laughs> like, if I have time to read, it's not going to be a professional magazine. I have just spent the last eight years of my life in school, seven and a half years of my life in school. The last thing I want to do is pick up a research-based magazine and read that. Like, I have done a lot of reading of research over the last seven and a half years. And while I want to keep up with things, I don't choose it as a pleasurable activity. So what has happened is that 12 months of magazines, some of them are quarterly, but most of them are monthly, have built up in my office. And some of them are like folded open and some of them have pages folded down. Like I've started it and gotten to this place and or I found this one that looks intriguing or the cover had an intriguing, you know, subtitle on it. So I went to that page and folded it down. So they're all in various states of being read. And part of clearing out is an emotional clearing out and letting go of that. So I'm getting rid of the magazines. I'm just declaring bankruptcy on my magazines this year and throwing them away because the emotional weight of them literally sitting on my desk staring at me is more than I want in my life right now. There have been years where I have taken an hour and gone through them and basically like torn out pages. And I'm like, this looks good. This looks good. This looks good. And then I have another hour built in where I sit and read through them all. 
And I keep things and sometimes I read them and I was like, okay, that was interesting, but now I'm going to throw it away. Either way, it's like culling down that the pile that stares at you and guilts you and shames you into <laughs> feeling bad about yourself because you haven't made time for that stuff. So that's one of the things you have to do is, is figure out how you're going to let go of something. I used to cry every single time I cleaned out my kids' drawers to do like the seasonal switchover, especially I only have one girl, so especially her because no one was ever going to wear it again. And then especially my youngest boy, because that was it. Like someone wore it, the older one wore it. Then at least when I moved his down, I'd be like, well, someone else will wear this. But like for me, it was this really emotional time of recognizing the passage of time. So like changing their little footy pajamas into like big boy pajamas. I cried every time. Once I sort of knew that was going to happen, I was much better at sticking to the ritual of it, of making sure like, again, they didn't have clothes everywhere or laundry bursting at the seams because I refused to sort of do the switchover. Once I recognize like, you know what, this is an emotional thing. I need to give myself some space and time to do it. And it's okay if I get upset over it. It's normal that, you know, I'm sort of recognizing like the end of these little days are, it's sad. And so that was one way. Another way is saying like, Chrissy, you're never reading these things. <laughs> Throw them away and don't feel bad about it. Like you're just live and learn. Like Take get stop paying for the prescription, the, the prescriptions, the subscriptions, because you're not reading them. So there's some like in the physical clearing, there is some emotional clearing that happens because you're faced with why did I save this? Why am I doing this? Why do I find myself continually every year throwing away 12 of these magazines that <laughs> are in various states of red or unread? Another way that that's happened, though, and you're going to maybe you'll laugh or maybe you'll think this is too much information. But like, I really like the magazine Mindful. But I just, again, it's a lot, like I don't have time for it. So I put a little basket in my bathroom. And I have a little collection of mindful magazines that I read in the bathroom sometimes when I'm in there. And on other times, because I have a bathroom off my bedroom, there are other times where I'm like, I got 10 minutes or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I want to go grab that magazine and sit in my room and read it. Like they get read more because they're in a place where, where I'm going to read them. Whereas other ones, I've canceled subscriptions. I've decided like, I'm going to just take them over to the office and put them on the waiting room table in the office. You learn things about yourself as you physically clean out. You sort of learn emotional things about yourself, too, that you can manage. So figuring out sort of how you got there and what you're willing to do to, to not be there again next year is an important part of the physical clearing place. It can feel overwhelming if you're looking down, looking at a house that's cluttered. It can feel really overwhelming and Therefore, you might not start at all. My suggestion for that is what's the room you spend the most time in or the one that is like clogging up the works. So again, the thing I identified that I wanted more of in 2022 was people at my house. Like I wanted people back in my house and I knew like that foyer is embarrassing and I don't want people coming in my front door because first of all, foyer sounds very fancy. It's not a foyer. It's like hallway, <laughs> but it's a hallway where all of our junk collects. So I knew I had to address it in order to get what I wanted more of. There have been years when I had little ones and there were toys all over the living room. I knew, all right, I have to come up with an organizational system so that I don't just have toys everywhere. They need to have a place. And then I need to teach these kids how to put them back in their place. And that was something I did when they were little so that my space wasn't cluttered with these squeaky toys and things that went off in the middle of the night. After the kids were long and far in bed. The irony of that is that currently my living room is covered in squeaky dog toys because they don't have a place. And I need to figure that out, too, because she's a spoiled puppy and there are toys everywhere. So start with the room that you spend the most time in or start with the room that's sort of the gateway to something else you want. That's holding if you feel like this is the room that's holding me back. My kitchen is very often the place 
In fact, every single year at this time of year, my kitchen is the place that I need to reassess because we've just had like cookie baking and birthday cake and hosting Christmas meals. And so there's like an abundance of food in my kitchen because, you know, you need to buy like things that you use a teaspoon of. So then suddenly you're like, how come I have 14 cans of whatever? And I only use 10 because I don't know. And especially we have a fair amount of vegans in our family. So I have to buy things for hosting holiday dinners that I don't normally have in my home. So I've been spent the last two days reassessing the pantry and cleaning out the refrigerator and moving things around and that kind of stuff. The kitchen is on my list every single year for clearing out. And that is so that I can go into the, the next year without feeling overwhelmed and not wanting to be in my kitchen because there's so much junk. So pick the room you use the most or pick the room you find yourself avoiding because of the clutter and start there. You don't have to do the whole house. You don't have to do the whole house this year. You might just pick one room for the whole year, but start in a place that you feel like it's going to change the most after I clean it out. Like I said before, the emotional clearing sometimes comes with the physical clearing. You start to realize things about yourself. You start to realize things you need to put into place in order to not get here again. But if you are still feeling like, for example, if you're still feeling like, I don't even know what I want my resolution to be. I don't even know what I want. I don't even know what's next? You know, like if you just find yourself sort of in that rote, like put one foot in front of the other thing. And so you don't even know how to plan for what's next because you don't know what you want next. That's a pretty good indicator that you have a cluttered emotional system (laughs) or cluttered mind, if you will, or a cluttered brain or whatever you want to call it. If you are having trouble making decisions, if if you're having any kind of trouble with clarity, then that usually that means that your head is as cluttered as your physical space is. And so Some of that's going to come out of clearing the physical spaces and some of it might need a more purposeful intention to clear. And that's where I'm finding myself before even making a resolution. I'm finding like I need to clear my head to figure out what I want next and how I want to move forward and where I want to go. The group thing that I talked about in the beginning, that sort of like smacked me in the face. It wasn't like some moment of clarity I had. It was more like, hey, you're doing this all wrong because it just wasn't working. I thought like, here, I'm going to go. I set this deadline. I set this goal. I've gotten steps one and two in place. And then it was like, oh, my gosh, step three is going to take all of December. And I'm already doing 47,000 other things in December because it's December. And so, of course, I'm finishing up my fiscal year and I'm doing a million family things and you know, all the things that happened in the last month of the year, I realized there was no way I could do this other thing. But that didn't come to me because I had made space and cleared the clutter. It was really just like a stop sign in the middle of my my drive. And I don't want that to happen. I don't want to keep making decisions out of reactions or out of roadblocks. I really want to make decisions based on the clarity I have to see forward. So if it's not coming to you just by clearing your physical space, then You can do some real purposeful things. I love meditation for this purpose. I know you guys are probably so sick of me talking about it. And I talk mostly about meditation in a mindful way of like paying attention as you go through your day. I don't often talk about the specific quiet sit and meditate time because it tends to make people nervous. I like to say like you can live a very mindful life without sitting up for 20 minutes on a cushion and meditating. However, that said, when you practice meditation in a way that is really just for the purpose of seeing what comes up, it can be a great way to clear and find those answers. Hey, listener, if you appreciate what you get here as far as support and camaraderie and feeling like you're not alone, then I think you should really check out the Women of Wonder community that I run. It is exactly that. (laughs) It is a community full of support and camaraderie and you are not aloneness. 
It is meant to replace the old and fashioned Facebook groups that we used to love before it got so mean and snarky and Facebooky. It is a place where you can ask the questions you have, where you can share the joys and share the sorrows and expect a supportive response, non-judgmental response. We meet weekly via Zoom. So we have people from all over the world that come and join us. And there are other supports like newsletters and uh, message boards and all of the things that you can and want and need in your life to provide you that support and scaffolding to help do this job we call motherhood. Check it out on my website, wonderinkwellness.com. It's called the Women of Wonder Community. And you can sign up today and get two months free if you do a year subscription. If you have any questions, again, always send me an email, but I would love to see you inside. So, you know, just a little practice of sitting and focusing on your breaths. And when thoughts come up, kind of just identifying like, oh, that's interesting, or I see that, or don't even say that's interesting. Sorry, that's bad. (laughs) Because you don't want to be judging anything. You just want to notice it. You just want to say like, oh, I'm thinking of this activity, or I'm thinking of this person, or I'm thinking of whatever. You just want to identify because what you're doing is you're really opening up your sort of air ways, you know, like your lungs and your heart and that center. And you're opening up your mind to whatever hasn't had room to come in before. So really just taking five minutes, look, one minute, if you only have one minute in the morning, take one minute in the morning to like purposefully take five deep breaths and focus on the sensations that come from those breaths. And that can help you to really open up and and wait for some answers to come. Usually if you start with one or you start with five, then you can make it to six or 10 or whatever. And that could do it. 10 minutes a day, more than I do most of the time, to be honest. So if you can give yourself 10 minutes a day, you will definitely clear some stuff out and get to some clarity. If you are part of the mom's group that I'm doing, or if you want to be part of the mom's group that I'm running, actually, we started our meditations with a clearing out meditation. So every Monday I post a meditation and this Monday's was clarity. So you can join our group and get that meditation and practice that one if you want. The other way to do that is using your breath to clear out. So the sort of visualization of inhaling the good stuff and releasing as you exhale. So like not only releasing your breath, but like any kind of murkiness or muckiness that's stuck around in there, picturing that moving out with the breath as you exhale. It's a great one too. Another thing is journaling. I'm not like a journal recommender because I'm not somebody who practices it regularly. That said, I am a regular brain dumper. When I find myself getting overwhelmed or feeling like I can't make a decision or feeling like I don't know which way is up, I will just take a piece of paper out and write everything down. So there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's not a to-do list necessarily. I think it started as a to-do list with me, but then I realized like I'm never going to do half this stuff. It's really just like, what's on my mind? Let me get it out. Let me get it on paper. I am a big proponent of having a little notebook next to your bed or now that we have cell phones, maybe if you keep your cell phone next to your bed. But for those of you who are like middle of the night wakers, I always tell clients, friends, anybody who will listen actually, that I keep a little notebook next to my bed. And when I find myself sort of either ruminating or like woken up by something, I write it down. That happens to be Not frequently. It used to happen to me much more frequently. And then when I started the daily brain dumping of just like when I get to the end of my day, I make a list of everything that's still on my mind. I actually sleep much better after doing that. But if that's not working for you, I used to get woken up by like a thought I'd have for something I wanted to write or I forgot a permission slip or like it it could run the gamut from like an idea I had, like a creative inspiration that I had to like, oops, I forgot to do this thing. Now I just get up and write it down. And 
pad stays. Now it's on my phone. I'll be honest. I put it on my phone as a to-do because I want to know that I'm going to remember to do it the next day. And I sleep much better now because I just get up, I do that, and then I go back, right back to bed. I know all kinds of sleep specialists will say, oh, you shouldn't have the blue light and don't pick up your phone and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not saying those things aren't true, but I'm just saying when I have the option of the phone or the pad of paper, I tend to go to my phone. But back to clearing the clutter, the journaling part, even if you just ask yourself a few simple questions, I, the other day I'm laughing because here I am talking about how to do this and a friend of mine actually helped me do it better. I had a whole journal out. I bought this journal that has all these millions of prompts and you know, you're supposed to write your lists and your three-year goals and your 10-year goals and like all of this work. I had that out. I had another calendar out. I had all these lists out that I was getting ready to plan. And I think I was distracted by Instagram because I was like, this is a lot of work that I'm have in front of me. So let me scroll Instagram. And my friend Becky Morrison has been a couple a guest on here a couple times, had five questions that she asked that she's like, if you're trying to figure out like how to find your New Year's resolutions, here's five questions. I don't remember all of them, to be honest, but I was like, oh my God, this makes so much more sense than all of this other stuff I was on doing. And it was essentially like, what do you want to let go of? What do you want more of? Like easy questions that had you sort of really getting into the why you wanted things like why is this your goal and what are you hoping to who to feel from this goal that's always a good thing to journal like even if you just start by being like why am I writing this you feel like just ask yourself that question and then write whatever comes to mind it can help so the brain dump idea is just getting rid of everything that you know is already swirling around in your head if you can't identify that, if you're like, I'm overwhelmed, but I'm not really sure what's going on, start asking yourself questions like, how do I feel? How do I want to feel? What do I want more of in my life? What do I want less of in my life? Which that is from another friend of mine, Brittany Ross, who I think those two questions are amazing. I ask them all the time now. She does it in the context of money rather than setting like these big, huge monetary goals. What do I want more of in my life? And what do I want less of in my life? I love those two questions. So even if you just start there, what do I want more of? What do I want less of? That might help you even decide where you're going to declutter. So those are good questions to ask you. And then my suggestion, and this is both for you and me, because I haven't been very good at it in the last six months, is once you start these processes, once you start the decluttering, once you start the journaling, once you start the meditation, not necessarily that you have to stick with those specific things, but sticking with the awareness piece of it, sticking with the part of you that pays attention as you go through your day, sticking with the part that's tuned into what you want more and less of, and making that mindfulness or that awareness regular instead of every December or January, or instead of when you're so overwhelmed, you can't do like you're left with no other choice. It helps if you make those things regular to not then be in these positions where you feel like I'm so overwhelmed, I can't do anything. And so I have to start somewhere. If you make them a part of your regular day or regular routine or or regular routine, even if that's not daily, that mindfulness, that awareness helps to keep you from getting back to the bottom of the ditch again. It might be that you're a little overwhelmed or a little cluttered or a little, you start to notice a little pile in the kitchen and then you jump right on it rather than, oh my gosh, I'm afraid to let people in my front door. Again, I'm trying to practice what I preach here. (laughs) This is a podcast for both of us. So just a thought though, that I know when things are going well for me emotionally, it's because I have these routines that I stick to and that feel good, quite frankly. And when I lose those routines, when I lose that awareness, when I stop paying attention, that's when everything goes to shit, if I'm being honest. So that's all I got for you today. Before you set a resolution, maybe don't set one. Or if you really want to get some things done, if you really feel like you have some things to accomplish and you're just having a hard time getting there, look back and think about what you need to release first. What do you need to declutter? 
Is it your mind? Is it your physical space? What do you need to let go of? And start with letting go, start with clearing out, and then you've made room for the good stuff to come. All right, friends, thanks again for listening. And remember that no matter what, you are loved. No matter how big the mess, no matter how much the clutter, no matter how unclear you are about what's next, know that you're loved. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you heard something today that made you feel better about your parenting and about yourself. Remember, if you have a moment, we would love a review. It helps more people to hear about us. If you like the episode, share it with your friends. And of course, subscribe so that you know when it's going to drop every single week. Thanks again. Until next time, keep asking those same questions and know that the answer to am I a bad mom is always no. No.